0: Tickets go on sale this Friday, the 26th of April at 10 a.m., but anyone who is part of the Happy Mum, Happy Baby newsletter will be getting early access to tickets on Wednesday, the 24th of April at 10 a.m. To sign up to the newsletter and for more information about the event, please head to happymumhappybaby.com forward slash events. I can't wait to see you there.
1: Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Only at a sleep number store or sleepnumber.com. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot maybe your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times.
0: happy new year and welcome back to happy mum happy baby the podcast with me Giovanna fletcher now 2024 is shaping up to be a very exciting year indeed for all things happy mum happy baby with some fantastic guests on the way i am very excited and we've had some great feedback as well from our parenting sos specials so there will now be one sos episode per month You are welcome. So as team Happy Mum, Happy Baby are working busily away behind the scenes to prepare for the podcast this year, we thought January would be the perfect time to celebrate and to have a little listen back to some of my favourite episodes from the past seven, yes, seven years. And we're going to start this week with an interview I did back in November 2017 with a man very close to my and my children's hearts. Yes, it's my husband and dad to my boys. It's Tom. At the time, Buzz was three, Buddy was one and Max was a mere twinkle in both of our eyes. So it is fascinating for me now to listen to Tom talking back then and talking about hypnobirthing, being a touring dad. So have a listen. I think the big thing about all of these chats is that it all depends where we are in life at that moment. I think it it captures a time. And this episode definitely highlights that for me. Have a listen. And I think I should try and convince Tom to do a new version in 2024. I think that's only fair. Until then, here's a very young Tom Fletcher. And welcome to another episode of Happy Mum, Happy Baby, the podcast. It's the last episode of the series, and today's slightly different. I'm at home, and today's guest is also slightly different for one big reason he's a man.
2: Dum, dum, dum. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> oh, I'm a man. <laughs> I find it really weird when I'm called a man. I don't know why.
0: It's my man, boy. <laughs> I don't know what do you want to man be Man, boy.
2: <laughs> well, you know, like a kid. I, I, I realized that there was. I had a moment where I realized I wasn't a kid anymore. When another kid said to me, "Mummy, look at that man." I think it was when I had blue hair, and I, so I looked a bit weird. They're oh like, "Look gosh. at that man with blue hair." I was like, "Oh,
0: I'm a man. I, I don't have blue hair.
2: I'm not one of them anymore." <laughs> yeah. Not only am I a man, I'm a weird man with blue hair <laughs> who probably looks like he's trying to still be young and cool. <laughs>
0: Anyway, uh, so today's guest, he is one quarter of McFly, one half of my marriage, an author, a singer-songwriter, he's all round good at everything. Here's my husband, Tom Fletcher. Hi.
2: Oh, there's no round of applause or anything in this. Oh,
0: no, sorry. We don't, I oh, know. You've no. got like,
2: a, you know, like canned, no, canned applause. No, no,
0: oh. no, sorry. That's just what you're used to in normal life. We're not doing this on my podcast. Thanks. <laughs> How are you feeling about being on this podcast, seeing as you've listened to everyone everyone so far?
2: Um, I'm feeling, uh, I'm feeling good, a little bit nervous. Are you? Now I'm here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, now I'm feeling fine. I actually to be honest, I haven't listened to all of your podcasts yet. What? No, I've listened to, to some.
0: You've laughed along with a lot of them.
2: I have, they're all brilliant. The ones I've heard are brilliant. I do have I feel like I've got a lot to live up to.
0: Good. You're gonna talk about your childbirth?
2: Yes. <laughs> yep. My pelvic floor I'm doing my pelvic floor exercises right now.
0: <laughs> We've worked out that we can actually do those together.
2: Yeah, I actually I had to Google if I had a pelvic floor, didn't we? <laughs> You did. Yeah, I actually can't remember if, what the result of that was.
0: I'm pretty sure you do. But you something moves it to down there <laughs> when I'm doing this exercise, there is
2: something going on. That's all I know.
0: <laughs> okay, so Tom, what sort of dad did you think you were going to be?
2: I was really looking forward to being a dad for a long time. And I think everyone has you know, these kind of preconceptions of what it's going to be like. And then I wanted to be, you know, I wanted to be really prepared. So we, you know, we both sat and read all the books, mm-hmm. and you were, you know, adding books to this huge <laughs> pile that was growing on my bedside table. And I wanted to read them all, you know. I wanted to know it's a, uh, this whole unknown uh, thing you're about to enter into in your life, and uh, and I wanted to be really prepared for that. And so I read lots. I then discovered that maybe I pro- maybe I shouldn't have read so much because I think I really overthought it and. And the reality is that you can't be prepared for it because it's completely, no matter how well it's described to you, how much you read about it, until you're living it and experiencing it, it's, it's a completely unique experience for you as an individual. Mm. And so it wasn't like anything that I'd read, really. And did you
0: find anything that you read good or did you find it actually had a hindrance on your...
2: Yeah, I found, well, I found a lot of the stuff about the pregnancy and the birth, especially the, the hypnobirthing book, that was really, that was amazing. That was really informative and described, you know, what was going to happen with you and your body during birth. I found it described it better than any of the other books I'd read. And and then also because we did hypnobirthing for, you know, for both the kids. So I really enjoyed that book. But I think some of the other ones which kind of describe people's experiences and things and or kind of, you know, the the do's and don'ts or, you know, what to watch out for. I just kind of think they'll just go out the window when you actually have a kid.
0: Well, and they put a lot of expectation on you, I think.
2: Yeah, and also I found that I was worrying about things I hadn't worried about before because someone else had worried about it. Yeah. You know, I read about, you know, just, just stupid stuff that I, if I hadn't have read that, oh, this person had worried about this, it, that I thought wouldn't have even been in my mind and I wouldn't have worried about it. And yeah. uh, so there's a lot of stuff like that which I just think oh, I would have been better off just winging it (laughs) just just playing it by ear a bit (laughs) because that's what you do as a parent isn't it you don't you can't prepare you have to because you know you're entering into a new relationship with a new human that you don't know yet Mm. and that they're half of that relationship they're going to dictate to you what it's going to be like
0: and how did it feel for you when we decided that we were going to not be trying not not trying because we never actually were like we're going to try for a baby our thing is we're going to not not try
2: yeah i think that's what a lot of Couples do really, isn't it? To just
0: a little bit of wording makes all the difference. Yeah, well it is.
2: Well, obviously, you know, from hypnotherapy, and you know that is that's true, isn't it? Mm. The way you think about something does totally change. Can change your, you know, the way you think about it. And did I say the way you think about something changes the way you think about something? <laughs> <laughs> the way that you word stuff and the way you uh, approach it. You know, if you just change one tiny little thing, then it makes you see it completely differently and takes all that pressure off. Mm. You don't know what's going to happen, do you? Yeah. Because I think when we were not not trying for buddy. I think because it, because it had taken. you didn't
0: have a lot of time to not, no, not try. No, exactly. It I think because so quickly. yeah,
2: like because it had taken so long with Buzz, we were kind of like, ah, oh, well, well, just not not try now because <laughs> it's going to take a while, isn't it? And then, what, what do you know? <laughs> Pregnant straight away.
0: <laughs> well, before before Buzz, obviously, we did um, we did. pregnant. I did fall pregnant. I don't think we're one of those couples
2: that are like, we were pregnant. Can I say we? How do I say that? I still don't know. I feel weird. You can't say, no, you were pregnant. I just was there.
0: But before Buzz, you know, I fell pregnant really quickly. And obviously that ended in a miscarriage. Mm. I think I've always processed how that was for me. And I think a lot of women kind of it's all on the woman. And I know that's probably because as a man, you don't really have a lot of time to even bond with that idea it's not actually physically happening to you mm. but how was that
2: it was really difficult and I think I only really I think I found it more difficult later on I think mm. maybe after we had buzz that's when it really kind of hit me and you realized what it was that what you went through and you're right because even when you have a kid as a dad I find like I found it really difficult with buzz for the first six months yeah really hard just worrying about am I connecting with him am am I bonding with him there's this instant connection between mum and baby and I was not prepared for that at all and and that's with your child that has been born and you're holding and loving Mm -hmm. and so having a connection with the idea of a kid or you know that you know you don't I'm not experiencing the same physical react you know um reactions that you're getting from uh you know from really early on in pregnancy and so it's just this idea of oh, that you were pregnant and we were both young. It's the first time it happened. It doesn't really feel real or that it's happening to you. And I think at the time, you know, we hadn't been, we hadn't struggled with getting pregnant before that. Mm. So I think it just kind of took me by surprise. And I just thought, oh, is this just something that happens to everyone? Mm. Just, you know, I, I don't know. I just don't think I really could process exactly what had happened until I was a dad. Yeah. Uh, and then I found it. Yeah, I found it really hard. I think actually after you wrote "Happy Mum, Happy Baby" and really reading about, I
0: did chuck the ten thousand words at you at the start and not told you. I didn't tell you what it was that you were about to read.
2: Yeah, and then you know just reading about what, you, how you felt through that, that was really difficult. And it suddenly hit me what what we went through. Not just what you went through, but that and actually what it was that I went through then yeah. as well, and what what we lost. You know, it's really um, it's really difficult. It's so one of those things you think about every now and then. Or as a dad, something will just make you think about. What could have been, you know? Mm. You know, who was that, that kid?
0: I I just find it's a really hard subject, and we don't, as a society, talk about it enough. Mm. I think, obviously, I've been working with Tommy's and raising that awareness, and so people know how to talk about it because we don't. We don't talk about it for the first twelve weeks, and then all of a sudden, you're going through something, and you're not sharing it.
2: We don't talk about that stuff. There were still things with all the books that you read and I read. There were still elements of the pregnancy that we didn't know about we
0: were literally we're like and told him, what is this what's this thing <laughs> the day, this is really graphic and really horrible but after Buzz arrived I literally went to the toilet and something else started coming out and I was like what is this so I called it it's a big blood cut and I called it and I was like Tom Tom this is something else it was the most disgusting thing ever
2: yeah but it was no like no one had
0: told me that I
2: mean it's literally like that scene out of Alien <laughs> in the kitchen <laughs> it was horrific yeah. <laughs> Uh, and, you know, but we had never, no one had told us that was going to happen. It's completely normal and totally fine. But because it's a little bit gross and no one really wants to address that, <laughs> people don't talk about it. And then it's really scary when that kind of thing happens. And, but obviously then that's, that's really, that's just the easy stuff to happen. Yeah. It's just a little bit embarrassing. But there are so many, you know, anything to do with miscarriage, you mm. know, and the loss of, of a baby, it's so difficult to talk about it. But it's so important that we share those stories. All these aspects, they're really tough to talk about Mm. it's so important that we share it because you can feel so alone yeah you know and I know that's a massive thing for for mothers but I think a lot of dads go through that as well and you know at the time when I was finding it really difficult with Buzz you know I did it's really hard to talk about the idea of you not feeling like you're in love with your baby you know that you're not bonding with your kid that's really difficult to to actually say out loud you know because every you want to be oh it's amazing you want to be that dad that You know everyone wants you to be and Mm. thinks you are, and of course you are. You are playing. You know you are doing all the things that you can do. But inside, it's just. I just found it really hard in those first six months seeing this amazing bond between you two, between mum and baby, because he needs you physically, requires you to be there. Had the
0: boobs. You just just had the the boobs,
2: basically. But there's, you know, there wasn't really you know, anywhere to talk about that or, you know, or I was, I didn't feel, you know, I'm relatively open about a lot of the aspects of my life and this was something completely new. I thought, I just found it really, who do you talk to about that? Um, and not wanting to burden you with it because you were obviously going through.
0: I think there was one night about two weeks in, (laughs) or maybe it was a week (laughs) in, it was on the first week because Georgie and Lee were downstairs, my sister and uh, my brother-in-law and I think they were looking after, was I feeding buzz, buzz, Buzz at the time? anyway I must have been feeding him anyway you came in and sat on the floor and you burst out crying and like I just don't know if I'm feeling the bond and then <laughs> I started like crying and we were just both sat <laughs> in a weeping mess uh, <laughs> this is what we wanted <laughs> it's so
2: yeah it's so hard isn't it it's so funny like looking back on those hard times now and you just think god you were you know you're just so tired mm. it's it's not even tiredness isn't even the word for it it's complete fatigue like you are just exhausted beyond anything I'd, have, I'd ever experienced before like were tired, and right from night one when he was born <laughs> I didn't even know if I was going to make it through that night like seriously I've never felt that bad in my life but too embarrassed because you'd obviously just gone through the most amazing birth no drugs <laughs> nothing you know you'd given birth to our son and I, there was no way I could complain, but I literally thought I was dying. And <laughs> to I, the
0: point, though, we should point. What happened when the midwife came in? Yeah, the
2: midwife came in and felt like she had to attend <laughs> to attend to me before you. I just, I God knows what I looked like in that moment. I Very just had had. We'd party. been up for twenty four hours. Obviously, it was you know, it's an exciting, stressful uh, time, and uh, and it was you know, we had an amazing experience. You know, it was an incredible experience watching you do it, and you had this huge adrenaline rush. You know, when your baby is there, but then suddenly your body realizes that you haven't slept for 24 hours or eaten much. And you've, you know, you've just been through all of this, uh, you know, brand new experience in your life. And my body just was not uh, playing along. <laughs> just a lit could stand. I was just out for the count. I actually thought it was going to be potentially dangerous to the health of my baby for me to hold Buzz at the time.
0: Were there a time I was just too tired to hold
2: yeah, him. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that was day one. <laughs> I mean, it wasn't job. even a day old. And I was questioning whether I should be holding it. Um, but yeah, obviously, and then, you you know, that, that fatigue lasts. It's really hard and stressful. And, yeah. you know, at the time, just, you know, there was an amazing things going on in my career at the time. I was about to go on this huge, the biggest tour of my career with McBusted. Buzz was born two weeks before that uh I said there's all the kind of anxiety of how am I going to be able to be a dad and be there for you and honor my commitments to the band and the tour that had sold out and it wasn't even just a McFly tour that was kind of the thing we did every year it was this brand new thing that Mm. had created all this excitement um and so that was you know hugely stressful trying to balance this uh you know, two new aspects of my life, like this major kind of breakthrough in my career, uh, and this huge opportunity that I thought was going to be so much fun, and becoming a dad for the first time. That was um, that was quite stressful. <laughs>
0: <laughs> what did you think when I first said about hypnobirthing?
2: You know, so you know, I was totally open to do whatever you wanted to do you know I obviously had an opinion and I had thoughts on how I would do it if if it was me but I never voiced those to you and I never wanted to put you under any pressure or you know feel like I was leading you down a certain path it's your body and you were going to be the one to give birth to the baby so the whole way along I was very aware that you were the one that was going to have to make those decisions and Mm -hmm. when you wanted my advice and my opinion I would happily give it to you but from really early on, I was able to see, you know, these massive changes. Exactly what you were going through in your life, from the physical aspects to the the mental aspects of mm. it, and your hormones. Were <laughs> <laughs> they fun? Oh, it's so fun! It's a magical experience. <laughs> 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 um, so, but and but because of that, you know, I get it's your decision. You have to be the one to really lead that uh, and be comfortable in the way that you're going to give birth to to our, our baby. But hidden and,
0: birthing, I think, for me, it gives. The dad. So I guess so. In the we've already spoken about hypnobirthing a couple of times. Clemmy Hooper really spoke about it really well. But it's essentially self meditation, mm-hmm. and but it's a partnership. The dad or whoever the birthing partner is really gets involved. It wasn't just yeah. on me.
2: Well, I love the idea of it. From I'd never heard of it before until you no. told me about it. I, and um, I think in the name can be quite misleading, quite scary for some people.
0: You're gonna get um, all Paul McKenna on me.
2: Yeah, or mm-hmm. yeah, you feel like, or that it's too spiritual and it's you know quite hippieish or something. Yeah. And it totally isn't that. It's going to the basics of relaxation and being aware of what is going on in your body, which I think what's amazing about it is i think everyone should just do this whether you're expecting a baby or not like it's an amazing thing to just breathe and become aware of what's going on in your body and being uh, living in the in the moment and it's something i was aware of before that through mental health things and you know not sleeping for the majority of my life (laughs) you know suddenly going through learning how to you know set a bit of self-meditation and relaxation techniques you know prior to you, you becoming pregnant so then when I realized that's what it was I was like oh well that actually yeah that still seems really obvious it seems like a great thing to be doing when, when you're pregnant and so then reading the book and doing the, doing the course and everything it was amazing it was a brilliant experience because not only was I could see the effect it was having on you you, you becoming more relaxed feeling like you're more aware of what's happening in your body. All of that I thought was amazing. Plus it gave us a moment each night to sit down together, have some quiet time and just be a, a couple, I guess. It's a really nice thing to have during that time. So yeah, I really, really loved it. And then for it to lead to the most incredible birth experience. <laughs> and, you know, cause I, you know, we didn't, didn't know exactly what it was going to be like what yeah. you're gonna to have to go through if you were going to be able to see through our you know this plan of, of giving birth naturally without any drugs when you tell people that they're like oh really it's like yeah we'll see yeah and you know, it's so then thinking is that knowing? even though yeah. you want to have this confidence of no this is our plan it is totally doable this is what we want uh, it's what you want to do like, there's part of, in your mind that thinks okay but when is you know to look out for that moment of okay no something it is going to have to change. It isn't going to be the way we want it to be or, you know, the way we planned and that's fine. But just trying to be aware of looking out for those signs of when it isn't going to go the way Mm -hmm. you want it to go. And, but, you know, amazingly, and, you know, luckily it just went incredibly. And that time never came and you just, you know, bosh through it (laughs) that, you know, obviously I've, we watched One Born Every Minute constantly throughout (laughs) the pregnancy you hear. And when, you know, you're expecting a baby, everyone tells you, every story you know the ones you don't want to hear these horror stories you know and uh, for so for them for us to have the most perfect experience and to watch you go through that. Mm. And it's just like, yes, <laughs> hypnobirthing <laughs> actually totally works. And, well, and not only that, just to see the reaction of the midwives who couldn't believe what you were doing. And, mm. you know, didn't believe you're in labor because you were so relaxed. And the second time when you were saying, OK, this is it, it's <laughs> going. We're like, oh, we've been in here for about 10 minutes. Of course, it's, of course it's not. And then five minutes later, we're holding our baby. You know, it's amazing to see that, that happen. And that is, you know, totally down to, well, the practice that you put in we um, put in yeah the, the you know the practicing that we did and those techniques just being really useful mm.
0: how did you feel in that initial moment when we realized that i was in labor
2: well you kept it quiet for quite <laughs> a while where we just sat on the sofa well the no, first, no, no, no. The what first time, time the first when, time with buzz, yeah. oh, oh that was okay, with yeah that. so the first time when <laughs> when she uh, went into labor we were out on uh danny's birthday meal so I'd come from rehearsals with McBusted it was getting closer to the tour closer to the due date and I just had a feeling it was going to happen on Danny's birthday so we sat down for our meal and then you went to the toilet and I just thought "Mm, I wonder what's going on there and then I thought no you would definitely would have told me if you'd have thought something was happening so now it's just just gone for a wee and then I came back and heard you say to Emma I think my water's broke so I literally just overheard you telling someone else that you're in labour. Yeah, Basically just gone round the whole table. How have you heard, Tom? Your wife's in labour. Um Yeah, and then the steak got put on the table. And I said to you, do you want to go? And you said, no, I want to have my steak. <laughs> <laughs> so we sat and we had dinner. And then kind of had to say to everyone, yeah, we kind of have to go now. Even though I think we both wanted to stay for dessert.
0: Yeah. And the second time round was very quick.
2: Just pop that one out, didn't you? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> in the pool. Um yeah, I mean, we didn't, we didn't even have time to open a packet of Jelly Babies and get our, <laughs> get our little comedy DVD going. You were just adamant that it was going to... I think you just knew it was coming, it being yeah. happening quicker this time and wanted to get in the pool as soon as you could. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and as a, as a dad standing by, you know, we've been together 14 years now. How is that, standing by and watching someone that you love go through? Tell Beth.
2: The first time, it's not scary, but it's you have no idea what's going on. Mm. I was constantly looking at the midwife and everyone that was walking in the room, seeing what their face was doing, <laughs> seeing if I could, you know, second guess what they were thinking, is everything okay? They're telling me everything's, you know, fine and what are they really thinking. <laughs> There's so many things going on in your head and then worrying about you, you know, are you are you doing okay? Are you getting tired?
0: <laughs> you um, just kept trying to poke <laughs> these jelly babies. In well, I my knew. Mouth. The thing is,
2: I knew I was exhausted by that point, so I just thought, well, if I'm exhausted, you must be completely knackered.
0: <laughs> I can remember a couple of times during it, you tried to do certain things like massage.
2: Well, you <laughs> practice all these things, don't you know? and you get told like, this would be a really nice one to do when she's in labour, and when you know, when she's got the, you know, the downward movement, and the, this would be a nice thing to do on her neck or her back. <laughs> nah, it's not. <laughs> It's not. Just leave her alone. <laughs> Let it do it. But I think you, out of all the people I know, you're so strong-minded, and when you want to do something, you just bosh through it. You completely get it done in that kind of mindset. I had no doubt that you were just going to absolutely smash it the way you mm-hmm. wanted to do it. You're so focused and determined, and I think when you set your mind to something, you you do it, and you really achieve it. And so I was fully confident in you. And so there's, when you got into that moment, I kind of realized there's not a lot I can do apart from just make sure everyone leaves you alone, yeah, basically, and gets out of your way and gives you a drink if you want a drink and make sure you, and, or a jelly baby if you want a jelly baby. And when you don't want them, I'll eat them. It's fine.
0: <laughs> you ate a lot of jelly babies. I did eat a
2: lot of jelly babies. <laughs> <laughs> the one
0: thing you did do, actually, every now and then, you know, when I frown. That it means I'm holding tension. Well,
2: obviously, yeah. Like part of hypnobirthing is to be completely relaxed, because mm. you would just go from this kind of relaxed, calm state to to frowning and <laughs>
0: <laughs> breathe. I think is what you. Oh yeah, it? Breathe, stop it. frowning. Stop frowning.
2: <laughs> and so yeah, you know, I was I was there. I did did something.
0: You did. You did. You really cut the did.
2: cord. You did. That's <laughs> <laughs> it. Was a, like I wanted to. I wanted to be. I wanted to experience that. I wanted to see what was going on. And yeah. You know, I know. What
0: early on actually you saw what was going on?
2: Yeah, well, obviously, you know, that's one of the things that is, you know, in our relationship. I guess is that we've known each other forever, <laughs> you know, for a major- not trying
0: to impress you anymore. <laughs> 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 have a look at my basically. Food? <laughs> yep, the
2: honeymoon period is well and truly over. <laughs> um, but you know, there, there, aren't, there aren't those kind of boundaries in our relationship.
0: And you're not like a laddie lad who's like, oh, my favourite pub, Burnie Down. You no, have my favourite pub.
2: So. No, and it is an amazing thing that is, that is happening. You know, I really wanted to see that and if you were comfortable with that, then thanks. Yes.
0: <laughs> so then we had a newborn. Yeah. How, how did you... Well, that's the thing. I think you spend
2: so long focusing on the pregnancy yeah. and the birth and that's you know, becomes your focus. your focus. Yeah. And you actually forget that after that, then that's really what it's all about, is you're going to be a dad or in, and a mum, and you're going to have a, a human that you are totally responsible for. You know, When you're in labour and you're giving birth, you, you are not thinking about everything else that comes afterwards. So then suddenly you're like, right, he's done his first poo, let's change his nappy. <laughs> Ah, I read four books just about that. <laughs> <laughs> and I still can't remember it. Uh, you know, and you're really prepared. And, oh, I bought that little bottle of olive oil just like I was told. And then, what do you do with it? Do you pour that on a cotton wool thing or you, just pour that on the baby's bum? Like how do you you know? Uh, then you're a dad and a mum. Mad, isn't it? <laughs> and you don't know what you're doing.
0: There is that, isn't there? I think it's quite scary when you're actually allowed to go home.
2: Yeah, really, really, it's really scary. At least when you're at the hospital still. There are people around you, you know, letting you know what you need to do. Mm. You know, coming in, checking the baby, checking the baby's okay. And you can, you know, so many things to worry about. You know, they haven't cried for a while or they're always crying. What's going mm-hmm. you know. And But there's always someone there to say, it's okay, that's fine, it's yeah. totally normal. And then when you get home and those things continue to happen, that's a bit scary because no one's there to tell you it's all right, it's all right mm. apart from Google. <laughs> you should
0: never google which you don't want to do
2: <laughs>
0: how did you because obviously you went on tour straight away well, yeah pretty much straight away afterwards how was that leaving us because there's a lot of um talk about mum guilt mum mm. guilt's a real big thing and mom, mum's having to go back to work and stuff is there such a thing as dad guilt
2: yeah massively R- massively and especially with with my job because it's not really a job it's fun it's something that i love i love doing it i love. Going to work—it's not work. I love being in a band and going on stage and performing. So feeling like I'm leaving you to go and do something fun is really hard because you just feel like everyone thinks I'm a terrible dad.
0: Really? <laughs> do you get that?
2: Well, I think so. Yeah, like uh, you know, there's obviously. But the 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 flip side of that is you're at home with the newborn and. So you know, I had a my job to do. It is my yeah. job. It's what you know gives us this it's what provides for our family. Yeah. And I and I had to go and do that. But luckily, you know, we're very fortunate in, you know, in the especially the level of that tour that I could kind of dictate the way it needed to be. And you know, I think it was two weeks before the tours and then we had a mm-hmm. week at home with Buzz. Then we had another week back in hospital because all mm-hmm. the drama that unfolded <laughs> uh, with with Buzz, who got an infection in his finger, and you got an infection, so we're back at the hospital for a week.
0: Which is actually the best thing for us. Yeah, because because is, that's that we just as I think, no matter how much you're told to rest or not do it,
2: you yeah, do it anyway. well, unless you have people you know here to look after you, you still have to you know it's still a house to look mm. after and shopping to get in and you know and all of that stuff, life. And so going back to hospital, yeah, it was a bit like okay. I can nip off for a couple of hours to rehearsals when you two are both at the hospital and sleeping and getting looked after and then come back and sleep at the hospital with you two. Obviously, that's, you know, really tiring, stressful time because I'm trying to be there for you, trying to be there for Buzz mm-hmm. and trying to make sure that I know what I'm doing for this biggest tour of my life yeah. that I've got coming up in maybe it's probably like four days away at that point. Mm-hmm. Like every tour we've done we're so unprepared for those first shows. And, you know, we don't really know what we're doing. We're so ambitious with the show that we were putting on. So it's really manic. So that's quite stressful. And at the same time, wanting to know exactly what's going on with you and Buzz, making sure you're okay. And if you need me, I will of course drop everything and come back home. And then feeling like, oh, does everyone think? I'm a terrible dad for being up here on the the tour. Well, because everyone assumes that, you know, the touring lifestyle is this kind of rock and roll lifestyle. And it isn't that for us at all. Obviously, you know, when you're younger, there is elements of that, but... You know, not now, not for a long time. you're old. Now we're old. I mean, even when I was in my mid-twenties, I was taking knitting on tour in a friend's box set. (laughs) Like, I was never that rock and roll guy. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, like, so now we based ourselves in Manchester. Mm. So you could come up to the tour. We were there for two weeks. And that was amazing because... I was able to go and do the shows knowing that you were a hotel. You could have room service. People cleaned the rooms for us. It was an amazing thing to like everyone should just go and stay in a hotel when they have a no newborn. No visitors. No one can visit you because <laughs> we're, you know, four hours away from it, all our <laughs> friends and family. So it's really nice. We're just, we're on our own in this little bubble and uh, with, our, with our baby. Getting to know, it was, it puts, I think it allows you to look to get to know your, your baby a bit better
1: to get started, visit plushcare.com/weightloss. That's plushcare.com/weightloss.
0: Mm. Can you remember the night when Buzz was four weeks old and you had a cold and you didn't want to give him the cold, so he slept in the spare room? Yeah, for four nights. Why didn't
2: want to give our newborn a cold? I mean, that's a really responsible thing to do as a parent.
0: But it was hell for me. (laughs) I don't
2: know. I I still don't know what's so wrong with this. I had a horrendous cold, and I didn't want to spread it to our newborn, who was sleeping in the room. Who had already had a horrendous infection and ended up back in hospital. So I slept in the spare room. Now I know that means but don't forget, I wasn't getting full, like full night of sleep. <laughs> but I was really ill. So I wasn't getting like really it wasn't like a holiday yeah, well, yeah. sleeping in that other room. I can't believe you've still got a thing about that.
0: <laughs> there is that thing though, isn't there? I think uh, that sleep thing and that that sleep being stolen. There is that little bit of resentment, no matter how much we love each other, in nighttime. When you're not in your head, in your full functioning head. Oh, yeah, when yeah you turn up you're into like, the devil. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
2: Wart you are. yourself,
0: it's my podcast. <laughs> I, I can edit you out. No, I just want your,
2: your you know, listeners to be aware of what, the reality of what you're like <laughs> at nighttime when a baby cries. It is no, like no, no. sleeping with the she-devil. <laughs> You know, <laughs> it's mad.
0: It's that initial, oh, I can't, I can't, I can't. No,
2: obviously, yeah, you're, you're, and it's there's a lot more of that um <laughs> kind of uh, resentment of the other person when you only have one kid. I think because when it's two, you know, you're both tired, and at some point, I'm going to end up. Well, the way it's worked out with with us, at some point. I'm going to end up on
0: one floor, buddy's floor, and
2: you're going to end up on Buzz's <laughs> floor. And we're both going to end up awake at five in the morning <laughs> on their floors in separate rooms. So we're both as tired as each other. And whichever one wakes up first, it's like, okay, fine. I guess
0: for me, though, in those early days, it was breastfeeding because I had the boobs, I had to. Well, up yeah, that's up, the thing. So... It just,
2: yeah, you kind of fall into that routine of waking up at nighttime because, mm. especially because I was away for that, those, those nights. I guess you were doing the nighttime routine from then on. And I think, you you know, obviously you'll you, you know, but you have a physical reaction when the baby cries mm. that wakes you up. And Yeah,
0: we've heard yeah. that uh, the reason that men don't wake up, it's actually, um, it goes back to caveman times. So it means that they have a restful night's sleep so that they can wake up and hunt in the morning.
2: Yeah, exactly. See? Yeah. That's... How's that hunting going? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 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 not really the hunter gatherer. Even now though, because my... the
0: boys do wake up about five. I have to properly when they when they cry, it seems like the loudest thing to me but I have to properly shake you.
2: Yeah. That's... It's not that you
0: don't want to wake up, it's just that you literally I guess if if I'm not there, you're probably more aware.
2: When they're newborns, I experienced a definite surge of adrenaline. Whenever they cried in the night, yeah. I would have an adrenaline rush that would just go through. You know, like when you fall or you hear a loud bang that makes you, you know, your toes and your fingers tingle and you're totally ready to jump out of bed like someone's <laughs> broken into the house or something. And uh, I had that every time with both the boys when they were newborns when they cried. But then, it, you, you know, you kind of realize, all right, they're crying and you're, you've are you woken up at this point as well. And then it's like, all right, well. We're both awake
0: there was something quite fun i can't even believe i'm saying this about the early days when uh buzz used to wake up because we used to are uh, you used to change him i used to feed him we used yeah. to sit down. Oh, yeah, it's not that, down with that,
2: Crackers. yes yeah, so it's not that i never did like the nighttime routine no. it just became that okay so i would go into his room get him out of bed change his nappy bring him into you put the tv on we'd watch countdown at four in the morning mm. and have a little cracker yeah, I like those little snacks. Looking back, they're really fun times. Yeah. I mean, you don't get any good scores on a countdown at four in the morning. <laughs>
0: I can't even get a four-letter word to look at what's happening.
2: Um, but they're, no, they're really fun times. Then we sit, you know, we'd have the little bedside table on. And um, you don't have that so much with the second one because you don't want to wake up the first. Yeah. So a lot of it's a little bit more kind of hushed in the dark.
0: Well, and also, like, Buzz was just a lot more difficult because he did sleep in our room and he was more difficult in the sense of he'd take... Two hours to to feed because he took ages to feed to change him feed again. Oh, it was it just, just yeah. he, he was and then to get him to go back to sleep. It literally took two hours and then wake up an hour later. Whereas with Buddy, he would have fifteen minute feed. Don't even bother changing him because he's not bothered and he'll go back to sleep straight away.
2: Yeah, and I and think part of that is a night. combination of their them their personalities yeah. and us being more you being more experienced and knowing what you're doing and mm. confidence in breastfeeding and knowing that you could do it and your body having done that before, you mm. know, and knowing what it needs to do. So yes, I mean, it was much easier the second time. I think we were Everything lucky. was easy. I think the second we were lucky
0: time. as well because some, some people have real difficulty the second time around.
2: Oh, really? Yeah. Well, I can, I can totally see how, how people give up on breastfeeding in that with, with buzz. I mean, that was so stressful for mm. you. You know, and seeing you going through that, it's just. Well, and I that think that's really why hard.
0: both of us were sort of that thing about the bond thing that we were talking about earlier. Because for me, I didn't feel like I was bonding with him as instantly as I should. Obviously, I loved him to bits, but because I was so worried about getting it right, I think that kind of took over in some way. You yeah. Know? I was focusing more on that, on the fact, rather than the fact that this is my lovely baby, you know, just keep shoving my boob in his mouth. <laughs> <laughs> um, how do you think? So when we got to six months, you said it took six months for that bond to really kick in. What was it that made that like change?
2: Um, I think around six months is when we really started to get responses from Buzz yeah. in like laughter, smile, and laughing, really recognizing you. And and it's that it I was around that time that I started to see like, oh, he's he wants me. Mm-hmm. That's him. That's his reaction to me. That's not his reaction to you. And there's something really special about that. Feeling like, oh, he liked, he liked that when I did it. But he doesn't find it funny when <laughs> anyone else does it. He just likes it when I do that. And then you kind of feel like, oh, right, he likes me. <laughs> <laughs> he does like me. And that just then grows and grows and grows. And you start forming this new friendship because it's a two-way thing. You know, yeah. like it is for you instantly, I guess. You know, it's a two-way thing. Yeah. You give him something. He gives you love and, uh, and you know, attention. And with, as a dad, you get that, you know, but just a bit later. Mm. You obviously love your, your child, but just feeling like, you know, you know, you have that kind of connection and, and, and Bond, that he loves you back (laughs) in a really selfish way. Don't forget that
0: Buddy, he literally looked like Buzz the second. Yeah. So for me, I felt that that Bond was there straight away because he just looked like a human that I already loved.
2: Yeah, that's true. And also that's one of the reasons why, like, I loved seeing pictures of Buzz that looked like me as a, really? as, a as a baby. Before, when I was finding it really hard, the best, I, I would literally just sit on my phone at night when I couldn't sleep and look at pictures of me as a kid and him and go onto my app where you can put pictures <laughs> next to each other and compare them. And it's like, oh, yeah, he does look like me. You know, really like a really same.
0: big thing. It
2: was such a big thing there, like you and I didn't. I was totally not bothered about like him looking like me. Yeah. I did not. It wasn't like my thing. Oh, I hope my kid looks like me. <laughs> but just knowing that he did and seeing that because I didn't realize I couldn't see it myself. It was mm. only when my mum brought around a picture, like a few weeks, I think about a month in, and I'd been having a bit of a difficult time, I think just with tour and being tired and worried about you know just parenthood and being a dad, and then my mum brought this picture over. Um, Well, because
0: everyone had been saying that he was such a Falcone.
2: Yeah, everyone had said, oh, "Oh, he looks like Mario, or he looks like Joy," And I could see that. I could totally see that he looked like your sister and looked like you and looked like your family, which is amazing. But then suddenly getting this picture of me... That was literally buzz, <laughs> like it was it, so him. It could have just been the same baby, and it just that was an amazing moment for me, and so I just loved seeing these pictures. And then I could see as he got older, I could see like, oh, that looks like me in that video that I remember of me as a mm. kid. Like, oh, he's so much like me. Uh, That's an amazing thing in a really selfish way <laughs> that I didn't expect to feel and was not important to me before it happened. It was yeah. only when it actually happened. I thought, oh, I, I love that. Like, it's really cool. Like, my son. So funny because I can't like remember me. your
0: mum at all in those early days when everyone was saying, Oh, we're such a Falcon. She never one at one point said, Yeah. Oh, we're so much like this, literally a spitting image. it. Yeah,
2: cheers mum. Could have told me earlier. <laughs> <laughs> no, she did later on. I think I think for my mum and dad later on, like and around now, like there's real similarities between him and me. Yeah. Um at that age, which obviously must be really nice, As a you know it'd be like now it'd be like in years to come, seeing our grandkid remind us of Buzz and Buddy. Yeah. That must be a really special thing. So, uh, yeah, I really, um, that was a really big kind of breakthrough moment for me, seeing that my son was, was like me in some way. Yeah. Because um, up until that point, I'd seen you a lot. Actually, in Buddy, even more so, I could see so much of you, especially in his personality. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so, I would say that we share parenting duties 50 50. Mm hmm. How do you find? I'm glad it? you see it that way. Well, yeah, I mean, <laughs> now, now it's, it's changed a lot since the you know I'm not breastfeeding anymore. They they need us both. We're both able to share. Actually, can you remember your first afternoon alone with um, Buzz when he was three months old?
2: Yeah, it didn't go well. <laughs> Yeah, he just he he had a bit of a meltdown. He had it was literally like, Oh, it's all really peaceful. Yeah, cool. Good you know, you go out like he's, we're doing we're gonna be great. And then the moment the door went <laughs> shut, all hell broke loose. <laughs> like he was just poo everywhere. I think he was sick on me and didn't stop crying no matter what I did. And then I think I think I did something with the breast milk as well, where I like dropped a bit of it and then only had half the amount ready. You know, just in total nightmare. But you know, you get through it. You, get through you, it. you learn, live and learn.
0: <laughs> well, it's it's very different now because well, I. Well, the think thing he... is though,
2: even, even when someone has to go work, yeah, and if like with us, if the mum is going to stay home, mm. the dad is going to be the one that is going to go back to work sooner. Yeah. And so, even though you're not there, doesn't mean you're not sharing the parenting duties fifty fifty because going to work to provide for your family is that, is, yeah. parent, is part of the parenting duty. Yeah, and so that whole idea of of it not being 50 50 just because you're going off to work it...
0: actually i've got to say i've just finished writing a book mm. and during that i literally was sat in my office for three months and you did most of the childcare yeah. but there's this whole thing now about a hands-on dad how do you feel about being called a hands-on dad and is that Bit insulting, you know, yeah. I do.
2: Well, you know, I don't, I don't feel insulted by it, but I do feel it's a very strange thing to be. Like, I would never ask a dad, Are you a hands on dad or a mum? Or, or a mum, yeah, I would never ask a mum, Are you a hands on mum? Because it just feels like the, weird, the weirdest thing, the weirdest concept to me. The idea of not being that, mm. like, how can you not? Or just so old fashioned, like, yeah. so dated.
0: But you must get like, if you go out, I feel like if I went out to a restaurant and they were kicking off. I would be frowned upon and judged if you went out to a restaurant and they were kicking off other parents might look around and go oh he's really trying
2: oh, oh yeah oh dad. I totally get that or you know if I go for you know take both boys out for you know for lunch or for you know to the coffee shop for, or for a walk you get people reacting to you're like oh isn't he doing it like that's so good to see I'm you know it's nice to see you you know pulling your weight And <laughs> I'm like that's the weirdest thing to say yeah. <laughs> like of course like obviously you know so there were times when I would have to go to work like on like we've said you know on the, on the tour and, you know, there are moments, you know, that doesn't mean that I'm not as an equal part of bringing up our kids and hands-on. And so it's a very, yeah, it's a very strange concept.
0: Especially, especially since a lot of mums go to work as well, you know. So yeah. after that, sometimes six months or a year, you know, people go back. So you've got both parents who are working full-time and then to have it so that even in that situation, the dad is, it's like it's an option.
2: Yeah. We know, you know, from, you know, other generations in our family that you know going back the dads didn't do much you know didn't well, you hear our s- dads yeah like, like my mum
0: will openly say I've I've never seen your dad change an nappy and yeah so change an nappy or not not be there at the
2: birth and not yeah. you know not and that is you know very old-fashioned I think and so we are in a new era now where especially with women and mums who like you're so ambitious mm-hmm. and you have an amazing career and you want to, you know, see those things through and you you, know, you shouldn't have to give that up. It shouldn't be a, a, an either or. You shouldn't have to decide between your career and your kids. You know, it's like you're saying now, like there's times now when you have to work and when you're busier, I will make sure that I'm freer and I will be here for the, for the kids and do and be home and do the school runs and have them in the day and take them out so you can work. And that's just what being in a relationship and sharing the duties of parenthood is and uh and obviously it's not everyone's in the same line of work that we're yeah. in and people have nine. Lucky, yeah. yeah people have nine to five jobs where you have to go in to the office office hours and come home and you know it's very equal between us I think and obviously early on just because there's the natural thing of you wanting to breastfeed so you're doing the feeding and mm. a lot of the night feeds but I would do the the nappy changes and all, you know, and the shop, go out shopping. And yeah. when people come over, I'd be the one making the food and the cups of tea. And, you know, it's why I've, you know, only recently I've been the one that's cooked more in the house. It's just a kind of...
0: It started when I was pregnant with Buzz Yeah, and we so, Christmas dinner.
2: Yeah. And from then on, I, I realised, oh, kitchen. actually, it's easier for you if I do the cooking. Mm. So, and that's just carried on now. So, so the fact that I will go be the one, even still now, I'm usually the one who goes to the supermarket, buys the shopping, comes home and cooks. Yeah. And that's just the... But that is because then you are free to do what it is, whatever it is that you're, you're doing, whether that be looking after the kids or working, and I'll take the kids with me to do that. And
0: yeah.
2: that is, um, yeah, it's just part of sharing the, the duties of...
0: It is amazing, overhead. though, to think about how it's changed in the generation, literally in one generation, how much it's changed and how much it might change for Buzz and Buddy when they're, when they're older.
2: I think, do you think that goes hand in hand with feminism and equality mm. and... It's been such a shift, especially recently. Yeah, you know, why should should you have to give up your career and your dream mm. when you have kids? You know, it's, it is totally manageable and doable to to do both.
0: Well, and that's the thing. I think that's why I think it's so important so that that in the partnership it's equal. Because if both of you are then career driven, then you've got to share everything else. Mm. It can't be that the woman that's an add on. A career can't be an add on to everything else because you're doing two like two jobs, really.
2: I think the thing with, with both of us is that we are um, a bit crazy, a, b- <laughs> a bit weird, in the sense that we are both very ambitious mm. and our line of work is creative. That isn't nine to five, and even before you have kids. Like yeah. You can't predict when you're going to feel like you want to go and write a song or want to go write a book. And we've now realised that we have just given up sleep <laughs> because and it, social
0: life we don't and need to think people, we don't need to. Well, see
2: that people. that works for me because I don't really like people, so <laughs> that, that suits me fine. But we've realized that we can be parents in the day,
0: mm-hmm.
2: it's like being superheroes, <laughs> parents by day, <laughs> writers by night.
0: Can we talk about what Buzz said to you yesterday?
2: Oh my god, he melted my heart yesterday, <laughs> he literally made me cry. <laughs> so he said to me, um, How did we get onto the subject? Oh, it's because I'd had a chat with him about, you know, always feeling like he can come and tell us um, yeah. stuff. And if he ever gets into trouble, he must always come and, you know, say, you know, tell mummy and daddy. And uh, I think because I was the one that had that conversation with him, he then, he I was saying, so who do you, you know, who do you tell if you ever need to tell, if you ever get into trouble, he'd say like, daddy. I was like, yeah, and mummy. <laughs> 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 mummy and daddy. And anyway, so I I'd, I'd brought that up at the, we were out for dinner last night and I said, gee, oh, we had a nice chat yesterday, but I was thinking about, you know, if you're ever in trouble or if you ever need to tell us anything. He do you tell? And uh, he said, uh, he said, my daddy, if I ever need help, I said, daddy, help. And daddy will come and save me. He said, daddy, you're like Superman. <laughs> he's like, because you've got a ladder. And you're strong. And you're strong.
0: Because <laughs> <laughs> those are so the two sweet. things you need to be Superman. Yeah,
2: Superman apparently has a ladder <laughs> and he's strong. Uh, that was so cute. Like, you know, your son saying that you're like Superman. It's really sweet.
0: How do you think parenthood has changed you?
2: I mean parenthood has massively changed me in every in all of the clichés everything you ever hear anyone say it is all so true mm. like you realize what your life is about now you know you realize you have a total new purpose and a reason to do what you do mm. or a reason to change what you do you know and a reason to do something else you know you realize it's given you I I think in one of the things that I not was worried about but what took me by surprise was that it made me more ambitious you know, I, I thought maybe my life would change in the sense that it would, I would become all about being a dad and and my work would not be as important to me. And, you know, my music and writing, all that stuff wouldn't be as important. But what I actually found is it's made me more driven to do the things that I was doing before because now I do it for Buzz and Buddy. You know, part of my life now is writing kids' books. And so they're kind of, it's in a world that they can start to appreciate uh, and music and a band and seeing buzz even yesterday in the car I said daddy do you remember when we went to mcfly to the concert oh. and i played drums and to to know that they have a kind of a connection with what i do it's made me so more driven to do those things
0: how does it make you feel you knowing that he like buzz buddy's a bit oblivious to everything at the moment still <laughs> Getting getting to focus is a, is a, is a um challenge yeah, he's like but, you <laughs> yeah, just so many things to focus on um but with buzz There was a clear thing from a very early age where he literally saw a McFly video and was hooked. How Mm. does it make you feel? It just seems like such a natural connection that he's got it wasn't pushed
2: yeah it's like it reminds me of me with my dad like my dad was in bands when i was in a band you know when i was a kid when i was buzz's age Mm. and uh and i would go to the british legions and the working men's clubs and the pubs uh you know to watch my dad play in the band from when i was three you know or younger Mm. and then eventually would get up on stage with my dad and play and i wanted to play guitar and i wanted to sing because I saw my dad do it. It was never pushed upon me. It was just totally what I wanted to do. And I just thought that was the coolest thing. Seeing your dad, you know, when you're, a, uh, for, for me, he was my my hero. You know, your parents are everything that you idolize and you aspire to be. And so it's really interesting being on the other side of that now and seeing that he's just absorbing things that we do and wanting to do those things because he sees us do it. Mm. And it is yeah, it is a, it's amazing. It's really special.
0: He does really notice what we do.
2: Yeah, actually, well, I actually feel in some levels it puts pressure on you because, like, I kind of feel like, right, well, I really need to do another McFly tour soon, <laughs> I otherwise
0: think Buzz is going to be really asking. disappointed.
2: <laughs> yeah, I don't have to worry about disappointing the fans, disappointing my kids. Um, but, no, it is uh, it is amazing. And, you know, it's, it does look. it makes me feel like I oh, really, you know, I'd love to, like, I want to get, like, the next album, out and do another tour so the kids yeah. can come along and see it because they'll love it, you know. Buzz will love getting up on stage and Buddy will love, you know, whacking Harry's drums and... You know, it's such an an awesome thing to be able to share with you with your kids. I'm sure you know there'll come a point where they're totally sick of it, or you know they're blatantly <laughs> going to so get. So embarrassing. In. Well, you know, one of them's going to get into football, isn't he? And then I'm going to have to, you know, try and pretend I know what I'm talking about with. I football. Don't what,
0: that's one thing you are good at. Many things. I always say, whatever you put your mind to, you are great. You achieve it. However, sport. Yeah. Not so much.
2: No, I'm just not sporting. <laughs> well, the problem is, I'm quite competitive, but absolutely terrible at most sports so um, and
0: Buddy can really kick a ball
2: I know I think he's going to get into football isn't he Uncle Mary will help yeah
0: (laughs) (laughs) so Tom I finish every podcast I know now I'm worried because I should have
2: thought about this I should have planned
0: it sometimes not thinking about stuff is the best way okay I'll change it so it's dad that being a dad means
2: oh Okay, well, I'm always, with stuff like this, I'm always torn between, like, you know, giving a a, a genuine kind of heartfelt answer or something funny. Or going for the laughs. Or going for the laugh. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Being a dad means... Being a dad. That is the sentence, yeah. Yeah. Mm. (laughs) Being a dad means everything. Everything that you do now in your life is about being a dad. Every aspect of your life. That was totally not related to being a parent or having a kid is now totally related to it and has an effect on your you, your family and your life and it changes who you are.
0: Since having children, I
2: haven't gone to the cinema very much. Oh, you haven't? No, I've you really only go that.
0: To take buzz now.
2: And well, that's good because I probably would have gone to the cinema to see the kind of films that I can take <laughs> buzz to the cinema. <laughs> so at least it's at an age now where I can take him along. I. I realised I don't need as much sleep as I was having before. I can function on four, four and a half hours sleep perfectly well.
0: Remember when we used to get up at like 10?
2: I know. Sometimes midday. I mean, that's, that's, most of the day's gone by then. I know. Since being a dad, I...
0: I love it, you just keep rolling them out, keep rolling them out.
2: You know, just going back to the pelvic floor, I do have very bad... (laughs) I have bad bladder control now. I think it like, you know, like sympathy pains. I'm sure I've got like sympathy bladder, bladder control. Right, okay. Yeah, I don't know why. I just need the toilet all the time. And that has to be related to having kids.
0: Well, at least you don't think of we all the time. No. Yeah, there we go. And the last one, um, I'm, happy when.
2: I'm happy when? I'm happy when I'm home on the sofa with the boys just chilling out eating some snacks watching the gruffalo <laughs> watching room on the broom watching trolls or whatever they're into or cars for the 10 millionth time you know there's a real nice moment like the other night where, where buddy uh came and got my hand he had the tv i mean it's probably terrible parenting he had the tv remote in his hand <laughs> and he came and grabbed me took my hand walked me to the sofa sat me up on the sofa because it was kind of like our nighttime routine or yeah. we'll watch like bedtime stories and and then Buzz came and sat down next to me, and then depression snuggled in next to me on the sofa. It kind of reminded me of that bit in Jurassic Park when uh, when Dr. Grant, who uh, he's discovering that he he up to this point has hated kids right, and the kids convince him that he likes kids because he's actually really good with, with kids and they come and like snuggle up next to him and he realises that he wants kids. So I love it,
0: that nice tender moment with our kids reminds you no, of just, Jurassic Park. It just reminded
2: me of that. I thought oh, this is really cool. Like my kids are like, you know, dictating this moment of like nice, you know, normally you grab your kid to like, you know, give him a cuddle and, and, they and force him into a yeah. snuggle. Like just having those moments where, they are the ones that dictate that they want a little bit of you know love and a snuggle and just to chill out on the sofa they're the best moments and that's when i'm happy
0: wonderful tom you've been an absolute delight how was it
2: for you yeah it was it was good it was it was nice yeah i'm um you know i don't know how I compared to emma willis and <laughs> and frankie well she and-
0: cried so you didn't cry i thought i could count on you to be a crier not a crier no but yeah. you were funny you were up there with the with Frankie being I'm, funny.
2: I'm crying on the inside. <laughs> Always crying on the inside. <laughs> Always.
0: God, you're so deep. Right, uh, Tommy, been a delight. This is the end. This is the end of the first series of Happy Mum, Happy Baby, the podcast.
2: Oh, She's got a little feel... cake or a balloon or something.
0: Just pretend. Let's pretend. Yay! Yay. <laughs> That was a popper going off in case that didn't translate into into podcast land. Uh, I've absolutely loved it. I've loved speaking to every single guest. Thank you so much for listening. We'll be back soon. Bye.
2: I love it. It's like back to the future to be continued. (laughs)